All right, welcome back to another episode of Feel Good Finance. Today, we're gonna do coffee prices, Robinhood IPO, and some other ridiculous stuff that they've said because they're a fun topic. Vlad's always saying stupid stuff. And we're gonna do a little Friday reading for an awesome article I saw from the Wall Street Journal about the whole Nikola fraud thing. I guess we should say whatever his name is, Milton, the CEO, his whole fraud. So we're gonna go through that. I've already read through it a few times because I'm a nerd. But I'm really excited just because anything fraud gets me going. So welcome. Yep. Welcome. Welcome. Week's been flying by already. Uh, Friday's just about here. And, uh, you know, another week down. We made it. We made it through another week. Yeah, it felt Can't bad complain. coming into this. I was like, ah, I have we have fewer things to talk about simply because we've both just been so flipping busy. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. like, actual life got ahead <laughs> and the side project had to be put to the side. But still, I think we have enough that it's all right. So. What's most important is that the apocalypse is happening, but it's not because of coronavirus and it's not because of earthquakes and it's not because of anything else. You know what the apocalypse is? Coffee shortage. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. So or it's Colombia and Brazil and the South American com- countries that we like to import from. They're having a massive shortage of coffee. And so we're coffee beans. So we're now seeing the highest prices in coffee beans in six years. And this is a big headline because, you know, they put out, you know, coffee prices higher than ever, blah, 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 inflation this, inflation that. And I'm like, well, let's think about this for a minute. You know, six-year high, that means we probably had deflated coffee prices because over the long enough period of time, prices all do rise. So I'm wondering what happened in that six years. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You know, I, I can just, you know, think. I would, I would assume that demand has gone up for coffee as generations continue to age, you know, as the, as the Gen Zers, as they say, continue to get older and older and begin drinking coffee. Uh, I actually think that the generations are drinking coffee at a younger age now. You see all these YouTube 12-year-olds and TikTokers, and they're crushing their cappuccinos at, at age 12. Um, like we always said, demand goes up, supply goes down, prices go up. So, you know. As demand continues to increase, I feel like there might not be as much coffee out there in the world. Um, and then you also have a very other issues such as global warming. Uh, maybe it's tougher to grow the coffee beans. Uh, That's a good point. Scarcity. And, uh, and now we see the prices rise and we suffer for it. I didn't think about the climate change piece. And the other thing you said, which is really interesting, is the generational factor. So obviously we're in our 20s. And I'm wondering if we drink as a generation more or less coffee or consume more or fewer beans than the generations above us. And I just don't, I just don't know. It's going to have to be just talking to people and having conversations. Cause I think the millennials, like we're technically like the very bottom of the millennials. I think mm-hmm. they drink a ton of coffee. I think they're, they basically started the whole coffee culture. Cause you got all these 30 year olds that literally just can't function without it now. And I, I don't think we're there yet. We, I mean, a few of us might be, but at, <laughs> we're definitely not there. I would agree. Yeah. And I, I think the, like, like we were saying, the millennials are really what kind of drove this coffee culture and this, you know, almost like, like boutique coffee. You want, you got people doing French press, different type of Chemex, Mm -hmm. uh, make it yourself. They do the whole beans, grind their own beans. And and it's become such a large business. I personally, I buy my own coffee from a King's coast coffee company. There's a free shout out for them. Are you one of those? Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. One of my favorite coffee companies out there. I get, I get a bag of probably two bags a month. Oh my God. And, um, you grind it and I yourself, French press it every thing. morning. My dad grinds the beans. I just French press it. So oh we both God. have our 
have our little um our little methods but uh but then you see these gen zers and and it, for every one co- one cup of coffee a millennial drinks i think a gen zer probably drinks three to hot cheese yeah i mean i guess they maybe <laughs> just haven't had it. so i'm on the complete opposite i literally just pop my little cake up in the keurig and hit the button and move on and like I had good coffee for the first time about a month ago, and I real I like I sat there. I was drinking it. It's from this little shop called Southern Grounds in Jack's Beach. And I'm sitting there sipping my light roast, whatever it is, black. Obviously, I'm like, oh my god, this is good coffee. Like, I see why people are obsessed with this stuff. I'm still gonna do my little K cup thing. I, I just don't care that much. It's it's a thing to get you moving because maybe if you need to make an important phone call, you have to be personable. Hey, <laughs> but there's a culture behind it. There is, there is, and on the weekdays, I mean, the K cups. I, I typically will drink two cups of coffee on the weekdays. My my dad normally gets up and boils my water for my French press for my first cup, and then I'll just hit the K cup for the second cup. But nothing better than making your own coffee on a weekend and uh, reading a nice book as the sun comes up. Right, no, that's the process, and I get that. I do understand. It's like cooking too. Is you know, I prefer to cook my own. And you think you're like, oh man, it would be so easy to just walk over there and order something, take out, and move. And you're like, no. So like, the cooking is actually decompression. Like the making that cup of coffee for you is important. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's a great way to start the weekend off as well. That's very true. All right, let's move on to Robinhood. One of my favorite topics, just because they they are just such a pure generator of ridiculous news. So they went public today, I believe. This is being recorded on Thursday. We're going to release it Friday morning. And as a kind of a, I, okay, as I expected, I can't say as expected. As I expected, it's it had took a massive fall basically it wasn't massive it started trading at 38 dollars a share it just closed as the market is closed now it just closed at 35 dollars a share pretty tumultuous but the funniest thing that i saw was um oh my god it was one of the twitter accounts i follow and <laughs> he was making fun of it he's like he's like robin hood falling must be manipulation or something like that blah 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 and it was just it was poking fun at the fact that they had just gotten yelled at for this kind of thing and everyone thought they were going to manipulate their own stock but I, obviously they haven't or maybe they have who knows is it is it still only tradable on the Robinhood app or is it uh, be is it able to be traded through all brokers now do you know at least the major ones it, it's public it, it's open I believe I, th- I don't know what index they put it under probably just the NYSE but uh, so either way you can get mm-hmm. it anywhere at all but they heavily promoted it and the interesting thing leading up to this is that Robinhood the app allowed you to pre-buy the IPO shares so this As- is literally the first time in history like us little guys have had access to IPO trading and this is good. Not because people are going to make money off it. In fact, probably a lot of people are going to lose money because they don't know what they're doing, but this is good because it puts pressure on the big brokerage companies, the Morgan Stanley's of the world to give us access to IPO trading. And if more people have access to it, it's going to inevitably become more regulated and there's, it's going to be less shady because yeah, I mean, IPOs for the past X number of years have basically been like, Look, you get it. It's a it's a quite literally a flip of the coin what happens afterwards because you don't know what's happening in the private sector. No idea. Yeah, and I mean it just makes the market more free like you said. And uh anytime IPOs are brought up, I instantly think of the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I love and it's that just movie. funny. I love that movie. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know all the details about it, but it's funny people don't realize what he was doing wasn't necessarily illegal, maybe immoral Pretty up until scummy. the Steve Madden IPO. And that's whenever it got really illegal because of, I forget how they handled it, but Steve Madden went public through Jordan Belfort's firm and the way they manipulated the stock. I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but that's when 
all the laws started getting broken. He ruined a lot of people's lives and I do not support the man. But God, if you ever nope. watched the YouTube video of him selling something, like he, he teaches like professional sales courses now that he's out of fucking prison. I mean, but mm -hmm. he, watching him sell is ridiculous. He is just such a bulldog. It's insane. Like no matter what you feed him as information, he's like, no, but let's think about like, how could we make this? And it, it's, it's crazy. It kind of blows my mind and scares me that there's people that have brains that work like that. Yep, and it works at a million miles an hour too, with or without stimulation. I do not know. Oh uh, yeah, but <laughs> you, you've watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, Whether or not exactly, you know, he conclusion. had on his Twitter handle. He had at the very top, like the banner. It was a, uh, mm -hmm. it was a picture of Jordan Belfort in the movie falling out of the Lamborghini, like on his on, on Jordan Belfort's actual thing. Like he's just he just owns it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's the life he created. Might as well live it. God, you're right about that. All right, we got a little off track. There's one more thing I want to do on Robinhood mm -hmm. is that they've teased. They said they want to start offering IRAs, which I, I assume you know what an IRA is, right? Yep. Individual retirement yep. account. It's a pretty basic function that almost any brokerage will offer. Banks do. I mean, it, it it's pretty much just how you start. It's, it's the first thing you get when you're starting to plan for retirement, right? So I think this is a big step forward for them because if they can successfully pull this off, it takes their name out of the gutter. Kind of like whenever someone's like, oh yeah, I'm an investor. What do you use? Robinhood. Oh, okay. Like now it's, yeah, I got my IRA through Robinhood. Like you just used, you used a smart word and a dumb word in a sentence. Where, where, where do you stand? I don't really know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, like you said, it's definitely the first step in a, in a long process to building their credibility from what I would consider an all time low after the way they handled <laughs> the uh the GameStop situation and all of that and they were kind of seen as like you said a not smart word but uh you start branching out into these more uh these more financially sound offerings and more credible credible offerings and all of a sudden you start building credibility and uh i mean maybe they'll be able to bring their image up there with uh with the charles schwabs of the world but it's a long road ahead of them i think that'd be cool to see because i mean not to you know toot my own horn or anything, but I was I was one of the first people who was trading on Robinhood back in high school. Like, I had it and I thought it was the coolest thing. You know, no fees. I waited two months to get my account open because they were so small, and I've gone through the ups and downs of it. Like basically seeing, okay, this is the next best thing. Wait, everyone's found it. I don't like it anymore. And then nowadays, it's kind of in the middle. It's like, oh, this is such a cool, fun tool. Like it's it's not used for traditional investing, but it has its own place in the investing world, and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And it and the one nice thing about it is that it has allowed, you know, your your average common person, American, anyone uh, to be able to just trade and, uh, and, you know, play in the market. And, you know, there's arguments that can be made for that and against it, you know, against it. It's it's dangerous, I guess, if you're uh, ill informed or, or someone leads you astray with a fake course saying you can read patterns. Right. And next thing you know, you lose all your money. But I mean, it's also good because as long as you're well informed and, and you're a smart individual and you you do smart things with your money, um, it makes the market more free and allows more people to get into a space where previously not many people were able to be. Right. And I agree with that. And one of my big points that I, I like to make a lot is that humans only learn through pain. If they're not allowed to fail, they quite literally will keep making the same thing over and over. Like every time we bail out the banks, they do the same thing, which is every i don't want to yeah, it's branching on political either way but uh with the markets the markets are interesting because if you do not let people fail they don't learn ever they never will so if you baby them through they're going to keep doing the same things if you let someone lose ten thousand dollars 
they're gonna remember that forever, especially if that was like half their net worth. They are gonna be like, oh man, that hurt so bad. And one of two things happens. They're either completely scared out of it forever, which I hope doesn't happen, or they look at it and say, okay, I need help. I need to like actually go find somebody who can teach me these things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hey, if they make the same mistake again, then they just didn't try to learn. And uh, it's the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. If you can lose $10,000 <laughs> uh, twice in one month and it like just cut your net worth in half, you have a pain. You have a love of pain at that point. Yep. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's oh, the yeah. definition of insanity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. So do you want to get into the Friday reading? Yep. Let's do it. I think this is going to be so fun. So. And this is the first time we're doing this, which is, I, I'm just really excited. So we're going to go like a couple paragraphs at a time if there's boring ones. So the title is Nikola founder Trevor Milton charged with securities fraud. Love it. All right. Trevor Milton, founder of Nikola Corp. And then they put the ticker and says down 15%. I wonder why. And one time executive chairman of the electric car startup, truck startup, was indicted Thursday on securities fraud charges for allegedly lying to investors about its business, making commercial trucks powered by alternative fuel. That's Awesome. I already love this. Mr. Milton, who resigned from the company last September, that's right, they basically kicked him out and was like, we want nothing to do with you, faces two counts of securities fraud and one count of wire fraud. Okay, that doesn't actually sound that bad. <laughs> According to that's a that doesn't, I mean, that's, that's, that, yeah. Oh, wait, never mind. Hold on. 25 years in prison. <laughs> yeah, the 39-year-old faces a maximum. You're right, 25-year prison term if convicted. Wow, how did you know that? <laughs> I, I, pulled, I pulled it up on my phone. I was going to so say, how the heck do you know exactly what those charges get you in prison? <laughs> what are you doing? I have experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Robin Hood did it, I promise. Uh, in order to drive investor demand for Nikola stock, Milton lied about nearly every aspect of his business. That's from Manhattan U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss in a news conference. I, I don't think he lied about pretty much every aspect, but okay, go on, sir. Mr. Milton mm-hmm. pleaded guilty not to the charges. Federal court, Manhattan, blah, blah, blah. Okay, boring stuff, boring stuff. Federal charges represent another blow for Nikola, which was once worth more than Ford Motor Company. I hate that sentence, but has struggled since questions about its technology and products surfaced last year. Wow, that's a terrible sentence. It's the hype, man. It's like the GameStop stocks. I know I one time owned Nikola stock. I got sucked into it. It was uh, everything you read was invest in this now and you'll be able to retire by the time you're 30. This is the next Tesla. Oh God, if you see that, (laughs) that's like four red flags in one. I love it. Yep. It's so horrible. Oh man. Classic TikTok advice, man. Seriously. (laughs) The once once worth more than Ford Motor Company just gets me because I'm like, all right. So technically, you're actually not wrong because the price of the shares was that high and their market cap was X and their mar- other cap market cap was Y, but it was only worth that because people had perceived it to be that at that point. They weren't actually producing anything. So it's a very misleading sentence if you don't really mm-hmm. understand value. And value is such a finicky term. Yep. All right. Definitely. Let's get moving. Mr. Milton has attracted support from some high profile names, attorney general, or uh, including former General Motors company executive. Stephen Gursky and activist investor Jeffrey Ubin, 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 and briefly struck a deal with GM that was later scrapped. Oh man, yeah. So they were picking fights with Ford and GM. Nikola wasn't charged. That's see, I think I love that because literally the company, like they were looking at them, they're like, all right, do we screw the company? Do we screw the guy? And Nikola pretty much threw up the white flag, and they're like, yeah, we have nothing to do with this guy. We want, we want, we want nothing to do. Mm-hmm. The question is here. So you kick the guy out. Do they have anything worth value, Nikola? Like, are they going to eventually one day you think get a product I don't know. out into the market? So they pivoted, but I got, shoot, I don't know. Didn't they? They just completed a big old. Uh, 
big old plant somewhere or other. It was big. It was way out in the west. But so they are still trying to get their tray TRE is how they're calling it. Their semi truck out. They still want to you know produce and sell the semi trucks powered by the hydrogen. I have not heard of anyone else doing hydrogen powered stuff. I'm wondering where they're going to get the infrastructure from. Yeah, it's a good question. Oh yeah, I see here in the article it says they're still committed to the to the milestones and timelines and are focused on getting this tray battery electric truck to the market later this year from their manufacturing facilities, which is ambitious. Yeah, seriously. I think if they were smart, <laughs> what they would do is they'd pivot to just make batteries for existing cars. I mean, mm -hmm. why take on the whole why take the whole elephant when you can just take a bite and I mean shoot. There can't be that many people producing these batteries for Tesla, Lordstown Motors, which, oh, is its own fraud case. Um, God, there's like, uh, Lucid just came out. There's a couple different ones, but there, have, there, there can only be like three or four different producers. Your competition's low. You can get in early. Mm -hmm, definitely. And to, and to start up a whole company like this that, that is competing against the, the big dogs, have you? Um, it takes a special type of guy who's a little crazy like Elon Musk and who's willing to take uh, to not make any profit for his first 10 years in existence. I'm pulling up <laughs> another thing right now because you're, I love that you said that. Um, there was an article specifically on this Trevor guy. And what it, what, it, what it talks about is, I've got it pulled up now. So what it talks about is everyone was like, yeah, he was this super charismatic guy. You just totally wanted to be around him. Everything. Oh, here it is. Here it is. He's a very talented salesman and good at finding exactly what people were about, Mr. Something or Other said. Tapping into that emotion or knowing the background of someone enough to know what does this person need to hear from me to get on board. Who does that immediately make you think of that we were just talking about? Mr. Belfort. I'm so glad you knew where I was going with that. It totally does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Peddling the pink sheets to your common man. He sucked me in. I had a couple stocks or a couple shares of him at one point. Is these charismatic guys. So, I mean, Elon Musk is probably the first one that has not been a total charlatan. I mean, he's still a total troll and he's got his own issues going on. But, like, he's produced. Every time he said he's going to do something, he does at least one form of that thing. Yeah, even if the Cybertruck's window shattered at his uh, reveal and demonstration, <laughs> he still had a Cybertruck there, and it's I still coming. That. So what's, have you heard anything about that? Because I have not, and I know that they were pushing to release it, I think, this year or next year, but it's, like, disappeared off the radar. Yeah, I haven't heard much about it. I forget what company's current. There's another company making an electric truck that I know uh, is generating a little bit more buzz that I've heard. Maybe it's... Lordstown Motors. Ford. It might be... I'm thinking of Ford. Oh, They're yeah, making an electric F-150. I'm so excited. Some... I want one. I want one so bad. Yep. Oh, man. Ford. Oh, yes. Okay. That's a good little case study. We'll pivot into that one real quick. Then we're going to hop back on here. But because, oh, there's so many good juicy quotes that I'm looking at. All right. So the Ford, Ford thing is so great. You know why? They literally didn't change anything. It's beautiful. Cybertruck, way too much change. Nobody wants that. It's like the iPhone. They put the button. Didn't need a button. But they put the button because they needed something for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And and the new Ford truck, I, I think it looks a lot more appealing to the eye than the Cybertruck does. I just, I can't picture myself ever wanting to buy the Cybertruck, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he knows what I want like Steve Jobs did. <laughs> Steve Jobs said he knows what the people want before they even know it. So I, prove me wrong, Elon. Maybe I want one. <laughs> that's some mind reading stuff. I, okay, one more, one more pivot because I had such a cool experience today. So I had the chance to drive one of the brand new Ram TRX trucks, which... I don't know if it's the most powerful or fastest. It's got some label on it. It's like the best new truck of all time. Getting into this thing is like getting into a house. It is awesome. 
So, really? Yeah, I was all right. So the guy who had it is we were we were doing some stuff that I can't share, blah blah blah, you know, business stuff. Mm-hmm. And we walk out his truck. I expected to be the one driving, and he tosses me the keys and he says, "You want to drive?" And I was like, "Oh yes!" So I turned it on, and it like boom, like boom and vroom from the get go. And I said, "What'd you do to this thing?" He said, "No, that's how it comes." I was like, "Ram, Ram, <laughs> you did it! The whole world's over here, like." Focusing on electric and Ram's like, let's make a bigger truck and uh, let's make it louder. <laughs> it was, so you want one now? It was the most fun I think I've ever had driving a vehicle. It felt like driving a Hellcat in, but you know, five times the size with massive wheels. It was amazing. It handled like a dream. It was so comfortable. It had, I could hear the supercharger. Like it had a ton of power. All right. That's my story. I had a great time. <laughs> So is the Mustang out, the truck's in. No, I saw, yeah, I got back in the Mustang and I was like, I feel like my butt is scraping the ground, but <laughs> all right, this is, this is fun. So this guy had a whole bunch of different, you know, businesses is what you call them. I, I like this. This is a good one we can talk about. It says in 2004, he started his first business, an ADT security services franchise in Utah. That's not starting a business. That's franchising. It's different. I hate when people say that. Yeah, that's not your own business. I mean... You, you had the infrastructure set up already. All you had to do was just kind of not screw it up per se. Well, I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to say, I don't want to say that flat out because franchise owners do have to run their own business and they yep. are business people. And they're usually, if it's a successful franchise are very smart and do a heck of a much harder working job than I do. So this is not to discredit mm-hmm. them in any way, but to say that you started your own first business and that it was a franchise is a bit of a stretch, I think. I'm yeah, it's a misleading statement for sure. But you are right. They do. I mean, it's it's not easy. Have you running yeah. your own business? It's, I'm, it's I'm definitely not going to get easy, but... at that now. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to be like, e- you have no idea what it takes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I learned a really fun fact. All right, so we're on franchises. We've gone on so many tangents, but this I think is worth sharing. I found out why the McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken. Why is that? So I was talking to a guy today who knew all this stuff. He said he was an, he's a mechanical engineer. He said, you want to know why the McDonald's ice cream thing is broken? I was like, how did we get here? Yes, I'll be the only person on Twitter who does. He said it's because they have a contract with this one company. And the one company has to be the one to fix it. And they make really bad products. So McDonald's, and they have the contract with McDonald's corporate. So they're not allowed to switch to the better products. They just have to keep paying $1,000 every month for someone to come out and fix the darn thing. Isn't that crazy? It's like actually a thing. I thought it was just a meme. Wow. That's an incredible business model by the people who sold them their ice cream machines. It's genius. And <laughs> just wondering is like who stepped on someone's toes so badly that they, they, they restructured the entire corporate model to where they could not change away from that. That's wild. Yeah. I wish I knew more about it, but all I got to say is whoever manufactures the parts to those machines is uh, definitely doing life right yeah seriously <laughs> i need to come up with that idea uh i'm gonna yeah i'll write a small article on that because i want to dive deep into it i it, it's just it cracks me up whenever something that everyone was like oh yeah we all make fun of it but ha, uh, it's probably not true it's like it's real like it's a real thing <laughs> yeah yep so wow i know the real reason that what's his face trevor milton is doing such a bad thing is uh, all his companies have the same name structure and i really hate it it's a lowercase letter followed by just a random word his first one was u pillar just the letter u and then pillar i don't even know what it was yeah it was a classified ad website focused on cars next one d hybrid all right he's got a type <laughs> 
what is he ripping off Apple with the the iPod, the iPhone, oh, the iMac? I, I didn't even think about that. The third one, S Power. Oh my god! Oh no way! He's Hold gonna on. pick a letter and stick with it, or try not to copy Apple. I think I'm wrong about that one. I'm gonna take it back. Yeah, no, it was Salt Lake City. Okay, no, so it was a different company called S Power. Was like, oh, dude, we like your model. You name your stuff the same way we do. They acquired them in 2012. That makes more sense. Wow. Oh, I love this stuff. Okay, let's see where we are right now. We may be wrapping up a little bit early, which is perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to finish on the whole Nikola thing just because it would be cool to see something like that, but it worries me when we have two different technologies that are going towards the same goal, but they're not the same entity. We have the electric cars on one side and we have the hydrogen, I guess, on the other side, which has been like to Toyota's been messing around with that for forever. Mm -hmm. it's going to draw so much resources when we could focus on one or the other. Yeah. I think the hydrogen's a lot, uh, a much farther ways off than the electric is the electric. We're kind of already there almost, I would argue. And, um, I don't know. I think it's more consumer friendly. I think more people have access to it. Um, it's more realistic in your eyes to just plug a car into a wall and charge it. The hydrogen, I just feel like there's not enough people out there who are educated, educated on the topic and myself included. I've looked into it a little bit. It is interesting how they do the fuel cells and we should get someone who knows what they're talking about or I should talk to, we should talk to someone who knows what they're talking about because I've had brief conversations with science related people and I don't know how true this is, but they said, look, this is quite literally an infinite energy source in which the, like it, the outproduce, like the outward product is water. I was like, that's pretty cool. But what's the catch? There has to be a catch. I think the catch is just that one, it's really hard to control Two, It's really tough to set up a system and fuel it properly again i don't know we should get someone on here that can tell us that though because i'd love to talk about that yeah i agree we should definitely have an expert on or someone who could break down the the science and the mechanics behind it opposed to me just guessing what it does and yeah. misinforming our audience we're gonna sit here and basically just say the wrong thing for five minutes so <laughs> yeah yeah do you have anything for ipos or fraud because otherwise we're gonna probably wrap up um, yeah, I did have a, a maybe an IPO oh no here that I did come across. Excellent. Um, it's a new social network. Uh, it's called Nextdoor. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Uh -uh. Tell me but what it does, it connects local neighborhoods and it allows them to share events and other activities in the local area. And it's going public via a merger with a, a SPAC. I don't know what that uh, stands for, but I know what it is. You know, it's like a special purpose another, company. Yep. Yep. There it is. And uh, it's expected to debut in the fourth quarter of this year. And currently, it's valued initially at around $4.3 billion. You called it uh, Next Door? Next Door, yep. All one word. So all the Nances and Gregs are all going to love this. This is, this is just going to combine all the suburbia neighborhoods. I, I, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a smart idea. It could work. It's just uh, whether or not it catches on and catches fire. You know, nowadays, you have so many different platforms that boast to be social networks. We'll see if it... Uh, if it if it gets the job done, if it catches on. Well, if you were selling that, you would probably immediately want to go to like a country club, right? You just walk right up and be like, hey, look, just try this with your neighbors for a week or like your, your community members. If they love it, boom. If not, we'll leave you alone. Yep. That, that'd be the best way to go about it, I think. And it's definitely, it's got to be a suburban based app. I mean, I'm not sure how well that would work. Definitely not in rural areas and definitely, I doubt... I mean, maybe it could work in urban settings. You know, if a, if a bar downtown was having an event and they wanted to put it out and all the people in the surrounding area got the notification, but who knows? 
I just got one recently that followed me on Instagram called orientation. And basically mm -hmm. the whole concept is like, it's really hard to make friends after college, which it is if you're working a full-time job, it's kind of tough. If you go out with your, like your set group and if you try to be another group, there's probably some weird stuff going on with them. Like it's really tough to just mesh with random people. But mm -hmm. the whole point of this is they literally get you and other people in this big group based on interests and try to set up going out and make friends. I think it's a great idea. It is a paid process, which is why I don't really want to jump on it. But I'm glad we're solving those social problems now rather than 20 years from now when I don't care. I agree. And, uh, and you know, having it paid is, is kind of a bad thing because, you know, it kind of stinks to have to pay for that. But on the plus side, it, it gives you that credibility so that, you know, you can't not not anyone can just use it and lure you into maybe a situation that you wouldn't want to be lured into. I totally agree. Actually, I hadn't thought about that until you said it, but there is like a small barrier and that little barrier is going to discourage the, you know, the outliers of society, which eh, I mean, social media is full of as is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Never know who you're talking to on the other side of the screen. All right. I think we're going to wrap up. So I do have an email for this. I think it's submissions at feelgoodfinance.com, but I'm going to put it in the show notes just to make sure if you have anything you want to ask, shoot for us to talk about. We like saying ridiculous stuff about ridiculous people and et cetera. Otherwise, next show is going to be Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't claim to be an expert on anything, but, um, <laughs> yes, but if you want me to break down something and uh, give you my opinion, if you care about it, then uh, I'd be more than happy to. And uh, in a quote to end on today from myself, it's a Steve Jobs quote. He told his team when they when they were developing one of the one of the computers they put out in the eighties. He told his whole team, "It's better to be a pirate than to join the navy." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. I love that. All right, I have a good one too. Nothing is miserable unless you think it's so. <laughs> hey, that's true. That's Boom. true. That's very true. Have a good attitude. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. Yep. Yep.